Hey, this is Eric Goldman, and uh, thanks so much for everyone uh, who's been following the Rock in Chicago show for the last uh, year or so. Um, sorry for the little break in uh, action here, but I had some personal things I needed to attend to and a bunch of stuff related to my own musical endeavors that have uh, sort of put me a little bit behind with our episodes for the last few months. Um, but now we're getting uh, caught up with things. Um, also had a little bit of a behind-the-scenes personnel change with somebody helping me with production. So um, that being said, uh, getting these out, uh, this is a special episode for me. Um, this is uh, going to be chatting with somebody um, I've known for a long time. He's kind of um, well-known in our punk scene here, uh, especially in the last decade or so. A uh, gentleman by the name of Chris DeQuick. He's a producer and engineer. He's worked with a ton of different bands. And if you remember, in the last decade, he had his own band out, The Bottle Kids. Uh, we featured them on our Punksgiving food drive uh, benefit that we uh, used to host. And uh, this episode, we're just going to be catching up with Chris, seeing how he's doing uh, with the pandemic and all. And, uh, you know, we're also featuring uh, some of the work he's uh, engineered and produced. Uh recently uh the first track we had open up the episode that was old identities by the damn tracks that was off of their latest release uh just three um that chris uh worked on and then we have a few other uh surprises in the episode we'll be uh featuring as well so hope you enjoy the conversation uh it's exciting for me to catch up with chris and see how he's doing tonight and to hear some of the things he's working on so let's get into it thank you so much for having me on honestly i really appreciate it it's of course so fan you you've been you've been involved and around for a while so there's like so many other people who make up our our music community and our scene for that sure. are involved with that that I, I think people just discount like you know i've had talent buyers on i've had photographers on that's awesome um, you're actually yeah you're the first producer slash engineer person i've had oh, on so, so first <laughs> audio uh, audio recording professional. Uh, so. I'll try not to be too boring. I'll do the best <laughs> I can. <laughs> but um, you know, you know, going going back a long time with you know, our, you know, we've known each other for a long time of like, and you really just being somebody who's been kind of a a, a huge help in the punk scene in particular with some Thank of the bands. No, so I mean we, that's not coming just from me. I mean that's no, a lot of people sure. have had on. Well, I was and, thinking about it uh, before, earlier whatever i was trying to think of when you had bottle kids on and i i think that was like 2013 or 14 and i was like oh my god nearly 10 years that's insane yeah 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 you and Corey came on and did like an acoustic thing and yeah, you guys were kind we of un- <laughs> you guys were kind of uncomfortable oh yeah sounds about right we're not <laughs> it, it, uh, we're not great so- with attention <laughs> it, it sounded cool but yeah i could tell Corey was really uncomfortable because he was kind of like looking down as he was singing like <laughs> sounds about right. i don't know if he just didn't want to be there or he just didn't want to sing into a microphone oh, no. i think it was more that we just knew we couldn't sing and it was gonna <laughs> expose us <laughs> Yeah, and then you guys were on the Punk's Giving Bill, I think a couple yeah. of times too. Oh, and man, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that was fun. I think uh, one of our last shows was the Punk's Giving. Honestly, uh, yeah, I can't even remember who was on that bill. Oh, uh, Stephen, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He kind of yeah. he, he kind of owned it after I kind of gave it to him. So right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then I think uh, yeah, Chris Chris Sonato was on the one show. I actually yeah. videoed yep. one year. 
Yeah, Kreitzer, you guys. Yeah, that was the year I'm thinking of. Yep, I remember uh, the videos. Oh, the Devote Quimby dudes uh, who were right. in, what's the other name, name of the band? I, I, going back to the 90s, but my mind is drawing a blank. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Flyers Club, yeah. right? Yeah, so. that was fun. So yeah, man. So three years, and and you know you've been kind of helping out when we were doing the the playlist for a bit, for sure. And I enjoy I, it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun run. Um, it really came down to people wanted more podcasts than playlists, and um, it you know it, those are fun. But when people are like, I want a new one every week, it's like oh, that's, wow. that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Work. It is once in a while. Yeah, you know. And, um, you know, when you, when you have new stuff that you're, you know, like for your case, I saw that you might be producing or bands that you, you typically work with that that's, sure. it's a cool reflection, but, and when people can hear that too, um, you know, once we get the episode out and uh, get the, the feature for that built, but yeah. Awesome, so, but yeah, so it's all about the podcast and it's all about kind of spotlighting people. Um, Very cool. and I know we've talked about this in my old age, my memory is like Teflon. How did you start in with getting into rec- recording stuff i went to school for it okay uh, yeah so basically uh the story goes this way i i my first year of college i went to western michigan university beautiful I, I, kalamazoo oh yeah beautiful kalamazoo it snowed uh seven yeah. out of the eight months i lived there right and, <laughs> sounds, about, sounds about right yeah and it, it was great it was a great college yeah. great campus a lot of resources yeah. but uh yeah it just whatever I, I think my my interest at the time was business I had no idea what I wanted to do you know first year of college went there because my sister went there and I was like well at least I'll know my sister uh <laughs> right and I, I I got an apartment with my sister rather than going to the dorms which in hindsight was probably a mistake but <laughs> I look at it in this way uh I remember specifically that year I I wanted something so I could record what I was playing. I was playing a lot of guitar and wasn't really any bands at that time. I was in a lot of bands in high school. Right. And I was like, well, I just want to be able to remember these. And this was before the day of like, you know, cell phones that had decent ways of recording and stuff. So I, I bought just a little in out 80 converter for Cubase and uh, started messing around with it. And I was like, this is really cool. And, uh, I was just like, maybe, you know, people do this for a living. Maybe, there, you know, there's a way yeah. to go to school for this. And uh, I did a lot of research, ended up finding Columbia College in Chicago and yeah. saw that it was, you know, something you could legit go to school for. Absolutely. So I was like, well, that's not far. You know, I'm a, a, a Detroit guy is where I'm originally from. And I was like, well, that's not far from family. Right. I'm going to give it a try, see if I can get into this school, got into the school and you know, the rest is history. I met a lot of people through school and yeah. through joining bands in the scene. And, and that was really it. Um, yeah. It started that way. Okay. Yeah. Kind of a utility perspective. And then you wanted to kind of go the, the academic. I mean, I had, cool. yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. I remember uh, <laughs> audio intro to audio was my first class first day in yeah. the big city. And I was like, I don't, yeah. And all of a sudden he goes, all right, we're going to sound, we're going to talk about sound waves. We're going to talk right. about, you know, how, how microphones work. And I was like, Oh yep. boy, I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> right. It's all the really dry nerdy stuff to get yes. into. And I mean, and that was the first year and a half was yeah. 
So I actually, <laughs> I'm also a Columbia alum and I took that class That's myself. Right. Okay. When I, when I was going back, this was back in the early nineties. Uh, so we were on the quarter inch tape machines. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to learn to cut and splice properly and how to do like radio I edits. Did, and I did have to learn to do that. I think yeah, I was right? probably the last end of it. We were, right. we were digital those at machines that point. Were, those machines were tired. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we were mostly doing pro yeah. tools, but there was a course I took that was like, all right, you got to learn how to do it to tape. You got to learn right. how to cut tape. Yep. And I'm, to this day have not used that skill but i'm right. thankful that i understand it and right. i hope for the opportunity to one day do something to tape i mean there's a budget for that right as, yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah that's cool um yeah i know with columbia too like my experiences too you do meet a lot of people there who are i mean they're, they're just there in they're, they're where you want to be either i mean professionally absolutely. Is, as teachers or even people who are just like, they're in the same boat as you, you're a musician, you want to do that. Um, so yeah, it's a good, it was a cool opportunity to network for sure. For me, anyways. I mean, it, yeah. it's really how everything panned out for me. Uh, yeah. I was sitting in the lobby of the, the studio in the basement at Columbia and yeah. some other kid came up to me and said something I had, I, I think it was a bad brains patch or something on my hoodie and, Right. Said, oh, bad brains. Love the bad brains. And yeah. uh, started talking to this guy and he's uh, Mickey T. Craft is what he goes by. Audio okay. engineer that's been around for years. Uh, later on, ended up being a bandmate in Bottle Kids. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he said, you know, I'm starting my own studio. You want to intern? Right. And I said, yeah, yeah, I want to intern. He, he was a senior. I think I was a junior or sophomore so a couple years younger than him and so i started interning at his studio at mystery street recording which is still around to this day uh and that's really how it all started me and uh, mickey was my big connection and once i graduated columbia he was working out of wall to wall which is where most of uh right. columbia's finals courses were uh dan dietrich ran the whole you know master's classes there and mickey had a small room in there and yeah. said you know you want to start booking bands there? And I said, yeah, please. I mean, I, I have this opportunity right. and, and Mickey gave it to me. And like after wall to wall closed, uh, him and I opened up, we built our own studio in his coach house in the back of his apartment, uh, you know, hung drywall, did everything we needed to do to make it sound decent. And yeah, we, we started our own studio called coach house studios or right. Okay. I remember that. And yeah. yeah. Did that for a while. And I mean, from there it took off. I, I, that's where I started getting clients and yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you've had, you've had people who've kind of stuck with you for uh, a bit too, like the damn tracks guys. For sure. Um, you've, done, you've done a bunch of stuff with Kreitzer and like once they dead, all those guys. I've um, been, yeah, very fortunate. Yeah. Returning people. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's kind of, um, I, when we were doing the the sort of the, the playlist thing too, like I, not even the stuff you would send me, but I would just, you know, see the bands come in. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris worked on it. And then like, <laughs> you know, Chris, I was like, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, if I'm not, if you're, not, you're not coming in this way, he'll get you. So <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for that sure. is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and you're, you're all in full time now doing audio stuff or. Yeah. So, oh, uh, my, which my, is awesome. 
my my day job now is I do audio for television, which is something I never would have wow. thought I would end up in. But yeah, that's my my day job is uh, I do all the stuff on uh, local cable, like Me TV, okay, uh, CW, the U, um, okay, anything. Anything that's original content for those channels, I'm I'm the audio guy on. So, so you, yeah, you're doing like stuff that's prepped for broadcast. Then, like you're not right, right. The, okay, and I'm doing like uh, original shows like Svengoolie. Oh, Sunday cool! On there, yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. been a lot so of fun. You're doing broadcast too, then. That's awesome. Yeah, man. whole whole new world. How did you get uh, into that? Honestly, I I applied for the job, and and when I applied <laughs> for it, I mean, of course. <laughs> so so it, well, oh yeah. Sorry. At, at this point, I had been mostly you know in the studio in my day job. I was I was doing insurance review for a mortgage yeah. company. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Ab- yeah, yeah. Absolutely miserable, but like yeah. whatever. You know, gotta pay the bills, and it's hard to book full time in the studio with music. I mean, yeah. Ask most engineers. It's it's not a thing you can really do. Right. Full time and. I was like, you know, shot in the dark. Let's see. I know how to do most of the things that were, they were required and right. got the interview, landed the job and went, oh, I hope I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, luckily, it's, they it's keep all coming back. Out. Yeah, they yeah. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, that's it, cool, man. Uh, been a whole different skill. Uh, recently, we've been doing uh, Chicago Sky, WNBA away games. Oh, nice. And uh, Chicago Red Stars, our female soccer team we've been doing yeah. those games and honestly i love doing sports it's it's not like music but it's a lot like music where you're you're riding faders a lot right and right. you're you know you're just listening for your director's cues and you're in and out and you're right. all over the board it's kind of fun oh that is cool it's a, it's a cool parallel too because it, it just translates to again that live experience so absolutely and people you know, are trying did, to enjoy it right yeah i did live music all throughout college and my early 20s i was you know working at crappy bars and doing sound for all the local bands and that's i mean yeah it's kind of where you cut your teeth right that's that's where i started and that's where i met a lot of the bands that i still work with and i you know at the time never would have understood how important it was to make those relationships but it was huge right absolutely um i always had this this thing in the back of my mind with like um like live sound versus um, like, you know, doing like audio production work where you're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I, I don't know, what, what are kind of some of the, the things that at a very high level, like the differences that you have to kind of look at, like as somebody who's doing a live sound versus like just audio recording. I mean, there's obvious like ones that like you're trying to create a product versus, you know, versus you're trying For to sure. some, But like, well, what are kind of the, the bigger things that you have to kind of think about as an engineer with, with those two different areas? I think, I think the biggest thing with uh, recording audio versus live is you're doing a lot of things separate. You're not doing it as a whole. Some bands track live and I do a lot of live tracking, but then you end up dubbing a lot of things over. Live is following the band and and knowing, okay, oh, he's starting a solo. We got to b- bring that up real quick. Right. All right. I see the, you know, lead singers. Okay. he's It's chorus time. Let's bring the whole thing up a little bit, make it a little sure. bit louder, bring it down. Um, and a lot of it, it, it is the same, but it's on the fly when you're yeah. live. And if you make a mistake, you just move forward. Right. Now in recording, you make a mistake, you do it again. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so I, I really think that's the biggest difference is, is there's a feel to live music and you're kind of vibing with the band, especially if it's a band you haven't worked with before you're, you're unfamiliar with, you're kind of just watching them and listening and going, okay, Oh, I can see that he's, it's, it's silly things like a guitar player dips his shoulder. You know, he's going to go into a lead line or a solo. Okay. I better bring him up. Right. Simple things like that. Okay. And yeah. But it's, it's a lot different. And then the recording, you know, you're just looking to get the right level. You want right. to get the right tone. And then you go, you know, sometimes, okay. In mixing is where you're really going to level things out. You're just focusing on getting good sounds in recording. Right. Okay. That, that's pretty clear. Um, do you still do live sound or you, you're just fully in like the recording world now, right? Occasionally, I actually yeah. work uh, at a Baptist church on the south side. Not too often lately, but uh, okay. before the pandemic, I was doing occasional Sundays there and yeah. they have a full choir, full band. And I imagine it's probably a pretty cooking band too. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. Unbelievable. Gospel every, musicians are everyone there. Yes. They can, yeah. they can sing like yeah. no other. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a different breed of people. Like, I mean, like just in terms of sheer talent and ability and like, Oh, absolutely. Stamina too. Cause that, you know, the services can go for hours, you know? Absolutely. Right. And, and like, it's the best way to spend a Sunday morning. No, right. no joke. Like I'm like, all right. Like it is the best, some of the best live music I've ever mixed hands yeah. down yeah. hands down yeah they take so, their they take their craft seriously too. absolutely yeah they, and it's always it is good good tones performance. yeah great tones great equipment great yeah. talent great talent. yeah right 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 let's take a quick break and listen to another tune this is torch the hive with evil men off of the flamingo lp that chris worked on last year Just to get ahead of people 
suicide, let him go, whoa, evil man on death row, no, suicide, let him go, whoa. I do not fuck with these people, the way that they operate make me so sick, the predator value is snatching girls up as a practice in our politics, call it a conspiracy, all in the land of the free, the pedos and monsters allow this to happen apart from the board of trustees. Uh, so, like, going back to the stuff you're, you're doing now with, like, kind of the, the music scene front, has there been, like, a, a uptake since things have kind of come back with, like, the live world or... And, For sure. And, or is it more of, like, people are... I wrote a bunch of... Borrowed a bunch of shit, and, like, now they're trying <laughs> to all record it because everybody was, was doing their quarantine album. And, like... So- How's it been from like a a very, very surprisingly uh, 2020 was probably my busiest year I've ever had in the studio. Understandably. Uh, 2020 and 2021 uh, with a lot of precautions, everyone was very safe, you know, like we would get tested beforehand. Everyone had masks, but I did more projects in those two years than I've ever done. Um, Everyone was writing a lot of, a lot of musicians, you know, work in the bar industry and they weren't working. So they're like, Hey, I got, you know, 20 songs just sitting here. Are you comfortable? You want to start doing this? And, you know, a lot of, it was a lot of moving pieces to get everything to work. Uh, but I was busy and I'm still feeling it. A lot of people had wrote a lot of music during that time. And it's been a very busy period and I'm very thankful that, you know, I got people coming to me. There's something to be said for that too. I think it was a unique period in time that we're in um, that you're kind of like the, the documenter of like all these people's emotions and expressions. Yeah. Sure. You know, sure yeah. It's, it's cool to hear that, you know, it's, there's still a, a lot of people coming out and creating and they, they, they want to put stuff out. You know, um, and, and I think the one takeaway, uh, this is kind of a, more of a universal theme since I've been doing the podcast again, is that everybody has way more in, intentionality behind what they're doing now. Like, I see that with the shows, the way they're being put together. Yep. I see that in people's live performances. Like, bands are just really all in. Like, they're, you know, really just fully invested on in what they're doing. They don't take it for granted, you know? I, and, I agree 100%. I have yeah. not been going to as many shows as i used to still you know yeah being cautious here and there going yeah. sometimes yeah. depending when things are, are peaking and whatnot right um yep. but i went to a show just last week i know this is going to air a little later but uh yeah it was uh beat the smart kids uh, ah. last show and the damn tracks opened okay. still alive played and i feel like i'm forgetting someone now no it was just those three bands i believe and okay. the energy was unbelievable i saw adults i mean it was at it was at g-man tavern uh gingerman as i still need to call it (laughs) (laughs) but uh there was you know there was people dancing the pit was moving and the bands were alive and it just felt so good to see i was like yeah i think it re-energized a lot of people in the scene because you know you 
you play all the time and some shows people just seem uninterested and that's hard it's hard to play yeah. to a room of uninterested people and i think everyone's just excited to have music back and everyone that's in a band is excited to play again absolutely yeah i was out i, I hear you on the cautious tip like i um haven't gone out as much as nearly as i used to before sure. things you know i you know I, I try to like hit it maybe two or two or three shows a month now um yeah, that's where i'm at out there you know um where it used to be that in the week <laughs> same, <laughs> you, know, same. you know but now it's like all right and actually we've also I, gotten older too you well know, that's so. that's a huge piece, <laughs> life life right? uh, life gets in the way right, right, I, right i have to i have like you know regimen with like okay i have to get up at a certain amount of time now for sure oh <laughs> um, i have to get my sleep that's sort of like old man excuses oh are, are i'm the same big. way now it's okay it happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, i was at, i was at sub t downstairs last night Nice. And actually, um, you know, the bands that were there, um, a number of them were guests on my show over the last couple of years, or guests that were featured on like kind of the, sort of the monthly list we used to do, mm-hmm. playlists. Um, the younger crowd for sure. These, these kids were, you know, in their twenties or early thirties. Um, but seeing, yeah, just seeing that level of energy with that level of enthusiasm. Obviously, they're a bit younger. Um, my wife noticed it too. I took her with, and it's just like, yeah, this is this is like getting back to what it used to be like when we were young. You know, it was that's like, that's exactly the fire. how I felt. Yeah, yeah, the fire's there again. You know, it's it's not just like, yeah, I'm going to go see. Oh, so and so's going to this show, so I'm going to go see, have a beer with so and so. It's right, more about right. like, no, I'm just excited to hear some live music. You know, so, exactly, and that's yeah. that's kind of, I I I want to focus on what you said too with the the resurgence of young people. Yeah, I have noticed it. Yeah, that, uh, I think I started going to shows again this this past April. Yep, but I have noticed there's a, a new generation change. of kids. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it so exciting. Yeah, um, and they're good. Folks, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. really exciting. You know, I feel like for a while there, it was when I was right. still playing, it was a kind of a fading scene, and it was just a certain amount of yeah. people, and we're like, all right. Yeah, we're all playing together again, and we had fun, and it was great. But to see yeah. young people into it again is is really exciting. Yeah, they're they're rebuilding something fresh. Yeah, absolutely. That was the thing I saw last night, and a few other times. Been to been to Liars Club a bit um, since things have loosened up again too. And yeah, it is. It's just nice to have that that energy again. So for sure. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of some other things to kind of go through with um like since you've been doing audio work too like what are some of the things that have changed like are are there any sort of like trends or any sort of i mean i don't want to get i don't want to i don't want to bore people who are listening with the technical stuff no no, but like like what 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 are like the big feet you know the the one thing like you know the whole thing about brick walling which was like what like 20 years right. ago yeah where the yeah. master everything was mastered at maximum well volume. now everything's mastered by l lufs which oh. is uh for streaming right right, uh, right so basically the biggest thing without boring people is that <laughs> We're technology, bore you anyways though <laughs> with, without yeah without w- without a doubt Minimal technology boring. is just yeah. In, in anything in the world right now is it advancing very quickly right and in the audio field it is the same i mean i have smart plugins now that a, a 
I won't explain what a plugin is because that's too too nerdy. But uh, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll throw it on my master bus tools. Play the right? play the song through. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is these are huge tools, and it'll tell me what areas in my frequency range need fixing up. I can right. just it'll literally I'll hit a button. It'll play 15 seconds of an area and go, okay, you, you're muddy around here and there, and you make your adjustments accordingly. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. Uh, it's time saver. It's right. It, you know, and also there comes in, in the feeling of, you know, your own taste as an engineer too. Sometimes you go, well, I don't like what you had to say. I'm going to do it this way, but right. it, it gives you an idea of how it's going to sound in any speaker. And that's a huge thing. Um, right. I have at my home studio right now, I have a technology that I measured my entire room with a microphone and it auto corrects to give me a flat sound in my oh, room. Wow. That's and, wild. And it has changed the game. I mean, yeah. my speakers, when I mix, I can, I can flip it to that flat sound and yeah. that's how it's going to sound mostly in right. any speaker. Right. And uh, you adjust from there, you flip back, you do it in your own room and you find the, the perfect balance. And it's unbelievable because these tools were not available, not even, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff with, um, you know, kind of getting into my day gig, I work in IT. So there's a lot of push now with automation tools. Right. And that's things what these that, are. Yeah, yeah. And things that have like all kinds of different algorithms that can help you sort of right. figure things out to give you that ability to like be able to wipe out, you know, reflections and, and variances and yep. tonality. So you can get like a flat signal response. And that that's really fantastic, man. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. And, yeah. and like I said, you use it varyingly. Uh, right. Like, right. Sometimes I'm like, I, I just don't know if I trust this, but a lot yeah. of times, you know, the big, the biggest test is a, uh, while you're mixing something is you go sit in your car and listen to it. Does it sound right there? Yeah. Pop in your headphones. Okay. It's carrying on all sources of how you're going to listen to it. And if, if your mix sounds close to the same in everything, then you've got a good mix. I mean, that's right. the key. Right. Um. So with that in mind, and we have all these different mediums now, do you have to mix or um, produce things kind of tailored to the various like medium format. I know, I know like vinyl versus digital. Sure. Um, um, and you know, the one thing that's cracking me up and this is my old age, but like there's cassettes. I know they're back. <laughs> I have mastered cassettes now. I have mastered cassettes. Wow. And, and let me tell you when, when I was asked, I had to, I had to research it because I didn't know how to master two cassette. I was like, I right. Right. I didn't know what the levels were supposed to be. Right. And uh, yeah, even with, you know, how high or low the frequency frame can be on that, because certain things get like squashed vinyl, or like yeah. away. Right. Yeah. And, and like vinyl, you can't have it go to a certain people argue on that, but certain right. low frequencies will create too big of grooves that can pop the needle. So, right. You got to be aware of stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I had, yeah, with tape, I had to, uh, I did, I had to do my homework when someone came to me. I was yeah. like, all right, um, I sure I can do it. Let talk me get to, back to you. Let me do some research. Talk, talk to some old guy from the eighties who used to do mastery. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's wild that that's back, but that's yeah. cool. I don't yeah. even have a cassette player in my house. So. Yeah. 
and I know some of it is like some some bands will do things as like art objects or almost like a souvenir sure. type thing, or, or they have somebody like hand dip the the case and like this <laughs> right. or paint it or whatever, which is really cool. I mean, that's like completely oh, it is. almost it's like unique. a DIY thing. It's very unique, right? Well, then it's I, just like right, and I think that's something that we lost. Uh, yeah, our generation. I mean, I was a CD guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. My I had a job in high school for two reasons. It was to pay for gas to drive me and my friends around and to go to the record store and to buy some CDs on Friday. Yeah, I'd get my paycheck and my buddy would buy two. I'd buy two. We'd go back to one of our houses, burn them. So we each got four CDs every week. Right. And that's how we found music. We're like, all right, well, now we got four things to listen to and figure out if we like it. I mean, we would just go Oh, they're in the punk section. (laughs) <laughs> let's see what this is right, or like right. the cover looks cool <laughs> yeah and i feel like we really lost uh that part of it i mean with streaming i i love streaming don't get me yeah. wrong i have spotify you can you can it's have convenient. whatever yeah if you want to look up a band or an artist that you've know you've heard about right like just to be able to do that in minutes is for, for instead of like oh shit i gotta go to the record store or i gotta right. see if somebody has this album i, I mean to learn about like just the historical archive of music is a wonderful thing. Monetarily. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. For it, sure. It screws all of us. Right. You know, you, when you got all these old, older um, artists who are like certainly well-established from like the sixties and mm-hmm. like, they're complaining like, Oh, you know, I, I, I get nothing now. You mean right? Neil Young. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Neil, Dave Crosby, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. all those people, Peter Frampton, even, you know, I, I mean, all these like older sort of boomer guys to, For sure. you know, some, some of these other, other folks. And it's like, but the technology is never going to go away. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not. And, and I get where they're coming from because right. it's, it, yeah, that's how they always made their money and it's not coming in like that now. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's things change that yeah. you can't stop it. No, that's, that's, that's just it. But yeah, to have that convenience of any, any artist you want to learn about at your fingertips, you know, it's right there. I mean, yeah, I can sit on Spotify for hours and just go to similar artists and and find new people. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when we were in high school, there was no way that was happening. (laughs) Right. You had to gamble on a CD and hope it was good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've been, I've personally been back and forth on it. Like the stuff with stuff with Neil Young that came out and then like the stuff with Rogan and I'm like, all right, I'm like, that was like the nail in the coffin for doing the playlist for me. I'm like, all right, everybody's bitching about this. So I'm like, I'm going to stop offering it. I'm not going to hassle you or anybody else who was doing stuff with me at the time. I'm like, you know, everybody's mad about this and it's like justifiable. So let's focus on Bandcamp. So he wants to do something. We'll do a Bandcamp feature. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Right. And then as soon as I stopped doing that, the next like three guests I had on, hey, I want to do a Spotify playlist. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's cool. All right. All right. (laughs) Backpedal. Okay. All right. Well, I guess if you want to do it, we'll we'll do it, you know. Right, right. Right. Okay. That's cool. And it's like, it, it's just, it's never going to go away. And it's, it, maybe somebody will figure out a way to make it equitable, but that's, sure. that's going to take a lot of work, you know? Yeah, it is. And a lot it of is. undoing. And, and, you know, it needs right. to be corrected to a point. P- musicians need to get paid. I'm not oh, yeah. uh, argue. We're, right. I know you're not either. We're not arguing against not that. Not at all. Uh, right. Um, It's just, it's a tough situation right now. It's unfortunate. It really it is. is. 
Yeah, the technology outpaced the, um, or the strategy out. Uh, it really didn't fit the creators. You know, right. it, it just fits right. the distribution platform. You know, unfortunately. Oh, figure big business wins again. <laughs> but I mean, the same token was true thirty years ago. Like when we all hope to get signed to a major label, you sign your right. publishing rights away. It's the same fucking thing. Yep. And there was less opportunity to get your your music in front of people back then. That's true. Um, and then, and right. Now you have platforms everywhere. Right. You're just not going to make the money, but. Right. You don't get an advance to go into a studio. You have to pay right. for it yourself and <laughs> exactly. hire Chris and do all the work and all the promotion work yourself. And then right. in some ways that's more democratic, but now everybody's sure. also trying to do it too, you know? For sure. Um, no, yeah. I, absolutely. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I tell my artists that come in all the time that, you know, I'm thankful they come to me. I know they could go to their friend's garage and record an album for free. You know, I, I could speak of my own, my own personal experiences of trying to DIY it. I, I just, you know, that, that objectivity is really important, especially somebody who really understands the equipment, like, or has a, access to there, there is a, a different, different value to like working with somebody yourself, like yourself, was a professional um and you also have access to different kinds of rooms and different kinds of gear that me as a musician i don't know shit about you know like oh i I don't know what an sm57 is that's what we use at the club for live stuff yeah that that's going to capture one aspect of something and it's a great mic right it's a great mic one of the greatest mics ever made hands down right but it It, may not be the right choice every on everything everything. yeah Yeah. and then Yeah. I I mean, we've worked together on stuff too. And, you know, my cobbled together DIY project, which you've polished. Oh, I I thought it was actually, first of all, you did a fantastic job. uh, Honestly, you did. I I, I appreciate it. No, you did. You did a great job. Yeah. I I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, there was still a lot of like, okay, a lot lot of mistakes because for me, it was just still learning like whatever version of Pro Tools was at that point. And then like, learning a new sound card but there's just there's just an intrinsic knowledge that me as a musician trying to put something out i'm not going to know it's the same thing with marketing it's the same thing with music theory right any of those aspects of being a musician um you you know um they're all just tools they're all just things to to get whatever it needs to to do as, as a as a musician um right you know, same thing with recording and, and there's just reasons why you have people help you with those sorts of things. Um, and, and, in you know, your case, I mean, to me, like working with a, an engineer, somebody who knows their shit and who can really help shape the sound and get the, get, get into that ballpark of, you have an idea of in your head, what you want, but you're the guy who can tell people, okay, this is what you need to do this whether sure. it's going home and learning that chord progression and getting it down or tuning your strings or here, try right. this distortion pedal <laughs> yeah. or here's a JCM 800. Hey, this is a great amp for pop punk, you know, or, or whatever it is. But like I, I, people like have this like thing now that I've seen where there's a lot of immediate gratification and having somebody. Yes. Sorry. I can relate to that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And it doesn't pay off in the long run. That, that's my take on that. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the immediate gratification thing. I have worked yeah. with some younger artists. Absolutely. Um, and they're used to it being done. They're like, is it, is it done? 
it's right. two days after recording. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not even close. Uh, and and it's because you know a, this younger generation's used to everything's on their phone. It's done. Here it is. It's there. Right. Um, some things take time, and I'm not knocking the younger generation at all. It's just right. uh, they're used to a much a, faster world. Absolutely, absolutely, right. and it's a process. It's, yeah. it's the whole thing's a process. And jumping into, you know, more of why you might want to go to a studio over your friend's garage who has Pro Tools and some SM57s is absolutely, like you said, the gear, Uh, the gear, the room. I mean, when you go to a a professional studio, you should be getting some of the top of the line preamps that are going to bring out warmth in your instrument. And it it, you're going to get things that you're not going to get in the garage. Uh, right outside of the person that's working on it the person working on it as well is experienced to go okay i i hear what you're doing right it's it's a set of ears from an outside perspective a lot of times you know i get demos listen to the (laughs) demos try to know the song a little bit before i go into it yeah but i really don't hear the song until we're in the studio together working on it and i go you know you'll you'll hear some go why don't you try that you know play that higher like yeah. whatever and simple simplifying it or right. let's let's like you said let's throw let's throw a pedal on this part let's see how it sounds and i always tell my bands this i'm like you know i i'm gonna have suggestions and you 100 percent can shoot me down it is not my job to tell you how to make your your song sound my job is to make it sound the best it can for you yeah. that's my job and yeah. uh i might have suggestions you know, 70% of the time, no, I don't like it. I like how I'm doing it. And that's fine. I have no issue with that. Yeah. But, you know, it's about finding what works for your song and how to, how to make it the best it can be. And a lot of that, I don't feel that you get with someone that's not fully experienced in and hasn't right. done a lot of work in it. And I'm not, like I said, a lot of times I'm wrong too. I'll be like, let's throw this pedal on it. They'll play the solo. I'm like, yeah, let's take this pedal out. I'm wrong. That sounds worse. Right. You know? <laughs> That's be part the of the experimentation. Yeah, too. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, you know, it's finding what works with the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a really, I'd say probably one of the most valuable perspectives to hear with that. Um, and just that the fact that you care about that, too. You're not just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. No, here, here. I mean, hard drums, bass, scream. OK, next. No, I, I get right. really, yeah. really into my projects. And uh, yeah, being a former musician, when I, you know, I, I still pick up the guitar from time to time, but I don't have the ambition to play right. in a band anymore. I want to work with bands. I want to be their engineer or their producer because that's where I where I do better work and yeah. I'm better at helping people make their songs good right. rather than writing a song. I was not a great songwriter. I know that I'll be the first to admit it. I had fun, but uh, yeah. it's, it's more about, um, you know, I still get to be very creative with artists and uh, some of my artists let me, you know, completely they're like, you know, here's let's record it pretty raw. And then, you throw all the effects on it. I want you to get weird with it. And that is where I get, that's where I get to shine. And to me, that is just as good as being on stage playing. I love it. It, It's my passion. Yeah. That is your, your canvas is that the the, uh, audio range. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, How much of your work is 
like you're taking like stuff in that people have recorded and then you have to do magic on it as, as we could say um, or clean up work or like versus like oh a band's fully fully into like wanting to work with you start to finish in the studio and and like most know. most of my projects most of them is me recording and mixing yeah sometimes mastering i like to i like to tell my artists too that send it somewhere else for mastering sometimes yeah. they stick with me but i'm like let's let's get some fresh ears on it yeah it's I've a different discipline songs. yeah, yeah. I've, I, and i've heard these songs 500 times each and and at this point i think it sounds great it's ready to go right but i but i know i know deep down that you know someone else is going to hear something that i'm missing because i've heard it too many times um so a lot of times if i record and mix you know i i try to say you know let's let's go to so and so for mastering uh and then as for clients coming in with pre-recorded stuff for me to mix it does happen um Not as often. I, I probably do a, a couple of those a year, but okay. most of it's me recording. And then I end up, I, I do mastering as well. I would not call myself a mastering engineer. Right. At, at like a, a peak, I don't have the studio for that. I don't have the gear for it. Yeah. I have the plugins for it. I have the knowledge and I. Uh, you can get well, it done on a budget. I, I can get it done. I can get right. it done at a decent yeah. price, but uh, I will always say, you know. Yeah there are guys that are far better than me at it. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's a different discipline with engineering too. Cause it's a whole different right. field. It really is. And I, and I keep learning and I keep trying to get better at it. It is yeah. something that down the road, right. I would be very interested in, but it, it requires uh, equipment. a lot of money yeah. and a lot of equipment in the yes. room. Right. <laughs> exactly. Especially that's that, that real flat room that it's just absolutely completely like, it's like an airlock in a spaceship. Like far that. far better than Zero the corrective uh, right. uh plug-in plug-in. i have <laughs> yeah. yes absolutely yeah. that's always a, been a an interesting conversation i've had with bandmates and then there's other folks as well like you know like i i look at the, the recording process and if you're doing it right you're going into the studio you're working with a good engineer you have an idea you have your songs together it's kind of like you know like you being a detroit guy i'll probably get a chuckle out of this but the idea of the assembly line with the car right so you're putting Absolutely. this car together and your car is your album um yep. and all the things that are going on is the, the performance of the tracks for recording getting all the pieces together the mixing putting it all together and then the the mastering is the tires yep there's there's got to be the final thing yeah the, the tires car, car can't go without the tires and the tires all got to work really gotta well add- <laughs> Gotta add the chrome at the end to make it shiny and look good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, it's that, that end point, you know. It is, and it's and, what makes makes the end product really stand yeah, out. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you on that. That's a, like I said, the conversation I've had with many different people where they just don't separate mixing and mastering, and they're just really once you go to a mastering studio, you talk to somebody where that's what they do. Right. Um, you know, you go into one of those rooms and it, to me, it is, it's like going into a fucking airlock of a spaceship. Like oh yeah. Yeah. Dead. It is, it is an experience and, and right. to see them work. It's, it's a craft that is, yeah. is not recognized enough. In my yeah. opinion, I, I think mastering engineers are yeah the, I mean, they're the backbone to the, right. the finished product always. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, um, 
your studio now, um, I, I know you were doing stuff out of your house and you, you're doing like your production work for the TV stuff out of your house, right? Are you tied to any particular studio right now or any studios that you like to work with when you're doing I'm, tracking? I'm considered freelance. I yeah. uh, can work out of a lot of studios in Chicago. Um, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of open doors and options, but most, yeah. most of my tracking I do out of million yen studios. Yep. Uh, I've been there. I was trying to think of this the other day. I, th- I think four or five years now, which okay. is crazy that it's been that long. Um, that's the room that I know the best. Right. I know what I want. If I know what I want, I know how to get it out of that room. Um, okay. And I, I've been there for, you know, for years. And uh, that's that's where I do most of my tracking. Uh, I do some tracking at home now. But uh, okay. most of it's done there. Definitely drums. Yeah, you need a good room for drums. There. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and then right, uh, yeah. mixing. I do at my own home studio. Uh, yeah. I'd rather, I'd actually rather do it here than in the studio. I know this room in and out. I know my monitors and I've, I've mixed uh, 50 or 60 albums out of this room. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've done quite a few now, so I'm actually more comfortable here. Yeah. You can learn more about Chris to quick at his website, Chris to quick productions.com. If you're a musician looking to work with him for uh, recording your project or learn more about all the other stuff that he has going on. He's also on all the different social medias. Um, if you like what you heard music-wise, uh, damntracks.bandcamp.com for their latest release. Uh, same thing, torchthehive.bandcamp.com. We're going to close it out with another track from The Damn Tracks. This is Sundowning. And again, thank you to everybody out there who listens and subscribes to the Rockin' Chicago Show. Mm-hmm.